For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's going on, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another edition of Jay Bird Watching. I am your host this evening, Mr. Adam Corsair, and I am joined by my fellow co-hosts, Mr. Craig Borden and Mr. Brendan Penicar. Fellas, how are we doing? Good, buddy. How about yourself? Ah, it's been less than a week. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just the, I'm, I must have been a bullpen player in another lifetime or something, because there's just no brains or headache going on here or anything. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> pushed it out and moved on to the next thing. But maybe it's because we actually have something to look forward to on this side of the state of New York. But maybe that's it. I don't know. <laughs> that's true. Brennan, I, I, I'm bills sorry. <laughs> the, the Bills are 4-0, and I'm sorry about your 49ers, man. That's Yeah, that was yeah. a little rough. That was a rough loss, especially the pick six that, like, with five minutes left. I'm just like, what, like how do you throw that ball? And no less, two of my buddies text me. He's like, of course, it's from a former CFL player, Alex Singleton. Who played for Calgary? So like that's a double whammy right there. You're gonna to lose to a shitty team, but it also happened at the hands of uh, a former CFL. That sucks. That's <laughs> yeah, like and, the Gatine level. Yeah. <laughs> how how are the Eagles in first place with one win? Oh, I know that division's terrible. That yeah. dumpster fire. Ever yeah. And a tie. <laughs> and a tie. They, yeah. <laughs> Why do the Blue Jays get things like that? What the yeah. Why yeah. <laughs> can't we play in the equivalent to the the national or the not the National League, the uh, the NFC East being yeah. the American League Central? Like, can the Blue Jays play in that division? <laughs> yeah. We we'd kill it, and you know, there's there's a case to be made for us to be there, but. I don't want to stray too uh, out of the way here. But look, we've had a couple of days to sort out everything in terms of the postseason sweep that the Blue Jays fell victim to, as well as the fans of the Blue Jays. So why don't we just dive headfirst right into this? So we've had time to digest this. Right? Yes, exactly. Um, how the Blue <laughs> Jays 2020 has ended. And look, Brendan, I'll start with you. I got to ask, simply put, what went wrong? Like how big of a flop was, say, pulling Shoemaker after three innings, how much is Ryu getting rocked make you further question the decision-making process regarding how they set up this postseason uh, rotation? Or if there's anything else that sort of jumped out to you during those two games that made you realize, man, something's up with this team. They don't have it. I mean, like, obviously, the regular season gives you a lot of confidence, but just during those regular two games, or sorry, those postseason games, what stood out to you? Yeah, I think the biggest one was they just could not hit good pitching uh, when it boils down to it. I think we did a pretty good job last week of going over the whole Shoemaker and Ryu thing, uh, the ordering of the rotation. And it does suck that we didn't get to see Taiwan Walker. Um, his last appearance as a Blue Jay was likely just a three-inning start where he is really damn good. Um, so it's too bad we didn't get to see him again. But, uh, yeah, the offense being able to hit Blake Snell, uh, especially in a game where you only get uh, or your starter or your co-starters, whatever you want to call them, the Bolt guy in the opener, uh, Ray Shoemaker or whatever you want to call them as a tandem, uh, only gives up one run. Uh, and even A.J. Cole, he came in, it was one bad pitch to make it 3 nothing, 
if, if you're in a three a three nothing game at the time, you feel like that's plenty. Of, that's that's enough to come back. Like surely we can scratch across a run or two, and then maybe make it interesting in the eighth or the ninth. So the game one that was the toughest one. I think we said that last week as well. You know, the balloon popped early in game two with how badly Ryu got rocked. So. I go back and look at game one, and that was their chance. And they needed to win one game, obviously, to get it to three, guaranteed. Uh, so that one, looking back, hurts for sure. The fact that they couldn't score more than just one run. And, you know, game two, it doesn't shake my confidence in Hunjin Ryu moving forward. I know, Craig, you brought up his postseason struggles when we did our preview for game two uh, last week, Tuesday. Um, but, you know. Uh, he's, he was fantastic. He really was. They went nine and three in the regular season in his 12 starts that he made. And he did his job. He's, he's an ace. And you know what? Somebody made a tweet right after. It's like, at least next year, he may not have to be the ace because they're in reference to Nate Pearson. So who knows? And other things from yeah. pending headlines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, no, I agree with you. But yeah, the biggest thing I... I I got to give it to Ryu a little bit to the point where, yeah, it sucked. But in our reality, we wouldn't even been in this conversation without him in the rotation at all. Yeah. Guys, look at the pitching outside of Ryu. If you take him out of our pitching statistics, it looks pretty grim. You know, we still it wasn't anywhere near as bad as last season, period. I We are making progress on that front. But there is no means that this was actually built to be a regular playoff push rotation right we were lucky to get two starts between walker and uh ryu in all normal reality of playoff situations right if we did get in the door right the fact that maybe things were a little bonkers with how they used everybody is one thing but the fact that ryu is still the ace of this ball club as we currently sit and i there is no contention to that at all at the moment pending crazy you know future yeah, <laughs> yeah. which we'll get to i'm sure but yeah, look, I, I didn't, you know, looking back in hindsight, obviously with the heat of the moment after losing two and the combination of that and getting swept, um, it exacerbates things, right? And it's it's sort of compounded by the fact that the Blue Jays have, you know, finally made a postseason appearance. And you want to make a good impression, especially, I know 2016 was technically under the Shapiro and Atkins regime, but it's not, it's not necessarily their baby, right? That was sort of a mixture, yeah. and the hand motion was perfect. That, it's sort of a mixture of Anthopolis, just like the leftovers. Yeah. Um, but this was their actual product put on paper, and you want to see um, what they could have done. And to me, Brendan, I think you nailed definitely questionable. And also, look, hindsight about the shoemaker and the race start, you know, say what you want, but in hindsight, it worked, right? And it was exactly what they were sort of thinking um, regarding, hey, if they can go six strong and just give, I think all of us would have signed up for that. Totally. Um, oh, especially, yeah, given how well the team was hitting towards the end of this regular season, you sort of thought that would carry over. But you're right, when you're facing really, I'd say, elite pitching, um, you got to bring your A game, especially during the postseason. And, you know, Bo Bichette was talking post game, saying like the biggest issue that he had was uh, his approach. Um, it was just breaking ball to breaking ball to breaking ball because they knew he could hit fastballs and just wasn't necessarily prepared for that. Whereas during the regular season, I'm sure they, you know, throw in a fastball here and there just to, you know, sort of dare them. Um, I think that's what it boils down to that and an experience. And I think this is going to be, uh, largely valuable for the team moving forward. My only gripe about this though, is if we're going to operate under analytics and I understand that's where the game is trending, 
first question is, and again, I know we we acknowledge that the Rays are largely doing the same thing we give them credit for. Is, do you think that every team is doing this? And if so, then it can't be just like, you know, the Blue Jays are on an island here. But if not, do you think that's going to prevent people from trusting their process? And maybe baseball players, younger ones, are more apt to go with the, I don't know, intuitive way of managing? I'm just sort of spitballing here. Anyway, I think a lot of this comes down to the point where I don't think they're doing all this in the minor leagues. So these kids are not being brought up with this crazy amount. Yes, major league shifts are probably happening just as much. I see Rochester here at the AAA level. There are some level of analytics, but I don't think it's in this crazy end. So they're not growing up with this. Mm. I don't think this stuff is there. It, it's almost too much data, I think, at this point. And what are you really sifting through to get to something that might be valuable? I think is where the biggest problem is with how any baseball team is getting to this. And we've seen teams that have figured this out and how to sift through the levels of disgusting amounts of bullshit data to find something valuable. And the Tampa Bay Rays are full on the leader in that front. I don't think there's really much of an argument that you can make to – there's a couple other teams that do it pretty well, but the Tampa Bay Rays literally had one of the worst offenses outside of stealing bases this year and are the best team in the American League. Right. Built around pitching, yes, but they still had to score runs to be able to win ball games. The Blue Jays are still looking for that balance, I think. Do you go here and there, or do you at least know when to cut and run from that? And I think that was exactly what we saw in both games for the Blue Jays this postseason. And I think if they can help to find out where that balance finally lies or find the data that actually does yeah, exactly why you do a, a shoe ray, you know, game. <laughs> yeah. So, um, because in my opinion, that, that plan did work in hindsight 10 times over. I still think all of our initial reaction is why did it only last three innings with each of them a valid point still to this minute? Because I really don't see what one more inning of Shoemaker would have been like. I don't think it could have been worse than one more run. And same thing with Robbie Ray pitching one more inning. And then that's eight innings of the ball game instead of just six. I think there was a chance that you could have cut and deviate, deviate just a little bit from the plan and gotten a little bit more value out of it. Like they were both on fire when they both came out. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. And I think we said it last week. Just don't be so rigid in your plans. Like, I think if people, like, let's, let's just say this is entirely hypothetical, but let's say they let Shoemaker go back out there for the fourth inning uh, or the fifth inning, and maybe he gave up a run or two, and they ended up losing 2 nothing or 3-1 still or anything. Um, the front office would then, or whoever it is, come back and be like, well, the original plan was we were going to take him out after three innings, but he was going so well. So then people would be, uh, maybe people's reaction would be, well, why, why didn't you stick to your plan? Uh, and then we saw the opposite happen where they stuck by their plan of him going three innings. And actually, they did deviate a tad. Apparently, he was only supposed to go once through, but because he was so damn good, yeah. he, they put him back out there, right? So. They stuck to their plan, and, and, and somebody could have said, well, why didn't you let him keep going? And then they could have pulled out a full-page like report, being like, well, this is all the data that, that backs up taking Shoemaker out there. So it's a very delicate balance where, look, it really boils down to, yeah, you can have all these numbers and data and analytics, but there's also a healthy mix of adding in the human element of this, too. Somebody can have an incredible day, like, what's the guy's name from the Tigers who threw that no-hitter, or that should be no-hitter, Galarraga? Uh, yeah. Or Philip Humbert, who was a terrible starting pitcher, but he threw a perfect game. Some days it's just your day. So who knows? 
Shoemaker could have had that day where he would have gone out and given five, six, maybe even seven innings and kept them right in that ball game the entire time. But it could have backfired, and then the front office would be like, oh, we're going to do this, but he was looking great. It's very tough to keep everybody happy with those decisions. So I, at the same time, I still I don't know where – I don't know what's right, really. I don't know which approach is better, and I think we're learning that as we go along. But I think I said this last week. I think Blue Jays fans should be prepared for a lot more analytical made decisions next year. I really do. It seems that that's the way the organization is going, and it got them to the playoffs in 60 games. And unfortunately, they just don't have anything to back it up that it could work in the playoffs. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Do you think that's unique to just the Blue Jays, though? Do you think, or do you think this is largely what the league is leaning towards? Yeah, I think it's. I think every team does it to some degree. I think some may be a little bit more non-rigid in their plans than others. But somebody, I can't. If I could find it, I'll retweet it on our podcast account. But people were saying even last year, um, uh, lost starters were going much, much less into ball games or deeper into yeah. ball games than they were in years previous. So it started last year, even the year before. You know, it seems like it, in playoffs, especially. It's just a whole bunch of piecing things together so that you can get 27 outs and win a game and move on. So I do. I just think the Blue Jays maybe are at the middle to the upper portion of the pack in terms of having that analytical plan and sticking to it. Yeah, yeah I do think with you know, years, and I say year, obviously it hasn't been a long time, but ever since 2015 specifically, um, you know, we've had this notion of a Blue Jays team that has been largely been influenced by veterans. But Gibby would, I, again, I don't think Gibby wouldn't ascribe to this, but he was definitely a veterans manager, right? He, he was definitely the kind of guy that would just trust his vets and go out there and do what you got to do, do what you do best. And I think Blue Jays fans, you know, you had Cito before that, you had Jarrell before that, you had managers that weren't necessarily analytically minded that were just basing it on field the traditional way. And then you come in with this new regime, top that off with the rookie manager. And when things don't go right, there's a lot of thing pointing going on and a lot of it for not necessarily good reasons, but at the same time, there's some finger pointing going on. So I, I guess what I'm saying is Blue Jays fans just sort of need to get used to this. Um, whether you like it or not, this is here to stay. This type of approach, this type of uh, dissecting of the game and planning for the game, much moreover, is is not going to go anywhere. And as frustrating as it is, it's a really hard adaptation. Like for me, especially thinking, how many times have we seen a traditional lineup card? How many seen that unwaver at least for the top <laughs> five or six batters? Right? And we we've been guilty of saying it's not fucking rocket science, guys. It's one through five. This is what you do. I guess they just want to take a different approach based on analytics and it's frustrating, but I guess we just have to make that adjustment. It's not so question that I'm asking you. I just, I guess, do you guys feel the same way when yeah. it comes to this quick, a pit, quick thing. And then I got a hot take for you. Sure, so yeah. first things first, if you have an opportunity to not pitch AJ call, I think you have to take it. <laughs> so just saying that's part one of my thing. Hot take number two here. They did all this planning on the pitching. What the fuck happened on the other side of the ball with the pit, the hitting? I yeah, don't understand. You spent all this time, it seems like, and we didn't even have a valid offense to even push for either of these wins. It was amazing that we got the hits that we got, let alone having anything to produce from that. It was just that to me, it wasn't the pitching that lost this, other than the fact that you could make, you know, obviously, you know, Ryu put us pretty big in the hole, and so sure. did the defense in that game, but. The rest of it, if you look outside that one inning, really, guys, they were in this game. 
And they did a really good job of keeping it very close. And then the offense didn't take that next piece. And how is that data? Not <laughs> both sides of the ball. My biggest problem with being purely analytical, being an engineer for my day job, there's good data, bad data, and then it's how you interpret it, that data. I'm sorry to say some people make bad decisions based on data. And it happens every day. And probably what happened here on some of the offensive stuff, they probably counted the fact that, oh, Blake Snell comes out and throws smoke and so does Glass now. Yeah, they weren't really doing that. <laughs> like you said, Boba shot death by uh, curveballs constantly. Yeah. Like, might as well have been paid Toronto from the, the uh, Major League movies yeah. or the Allstate commercials these days. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just can't believe that that whole picture didn't make it across. If you're going to be that analytical, there should be some more to it on both sides of the baseball. And I think we kind of saw some of the benefit on the one side, but then there was just abysmal darkness on the other side of the ball. I don't know. Brendan, do you have anything to add to that? <laughs> no, not really. I like you were about to take a breath. <laughs> I was just trying to... Gusrava. Just stuff that was said last week. Um, and I know you guys were unable to watch the Sportsnet broadcast, uh, but... Uh, and I think even this was mentioned maybe on Baseball Central, um, is that it look, It seems like because the Blue Jays struggled velocity so much this year, like anything 95 miles an hour and above, they did not do well at all. And that's what you got with Blake Snell uh, and Tyler Glasnow last week. So it wasn't a surprise to see them struggle with that. Um, it seems like part of that struggle is their approach at the plate. It really does. And that's, I think, what Jeff Blair brought up. I think Kevin Barker brought it up. And look, I know that, they're not the most popular guys uh, at Sportsnet for Blue Jays' opinions amongst folks on Twitter. But I think there's a, a point there. They seem to be really protecting themselves to fight off breaking balls and be ready for breaking balls to the point where they're not sitting fastball when they should, in my mind. Um, and look, I'm not a coach. None of us are coaches. We just do a podcast here to say our thoughts, and hopefully people agree with us. But in, in my mind, it's just, fastballs are the easiest thing to hit. Like if you get something that's up around your belt or a little bit higher and you, you're ready for it, it doesn't, ma- doesn't matter how hard you throw, you could still hit a fastball and turn it around for a homer uh, or a double or a single or whatever. So I think the approach at the play from Martinez, whoever it is that's really leading that charge, may need to be evaluated for next year because baseball pitchers are throwing harder and harder than they ever have, and they probably will continue to do so. And you have to be ready for that next year, especially in the division where you have Garrett Cole, you have David Garcia, you have Tyler Glasnow, Snell, Charlie Morton. You have endless guys. That endless. It is. And it's not just in the American League. It's all around baseball. So they need to figure out how to hit velocity next year. And maybe we'll see some better results, but who knows? I don't know how much of that can be attributed back to data or lack of using it or whatever it is, but it seems like there's an approach issue there when it comes to uh, fastballs and being prepared for breaking balls and whatnot. So I don't know. Yeah. If you believe the, uh, the rumors, you may have Trevor Bauer playing for the Red Sox too. Um, oh. Yeah. We'll get to that later. Um, but look, that's a, that's a nice little segue. So let's keep it going. Um, you know, when it comes nice. to the postseason and you know, how they, you know, sort of went about it with their approach, there seems to be this sort of difference or this dichotomy towards how they were operating in the regular season. And when you step back and evaluate the totality of the season, it definitely was a, a tale of, uh, you know, I don't want to say two halves, but it, w- it was definitely two approaches. On one hand, you have a pretty impressive regular season, I think we could say, mm-hmm. um, with the Jays fully exceeding expectations, or at least the expectations we laid out. I know when we were anticipating 162, I don't think we had playoffs on the mind. 
Um, no. We can dig back in the archives and sort of verify that, but it wasn't until we knew it was going to be a 60-game season that we actually had playoffs on the radar. Um, you know, so they exceeded the expectations, really. Um, on the other hand, you have two games in the postseason, as we've just been talking about, that lends credence to the notion that, look, they're still raw, they're still young, and they're sort of ill-prepared to perform on that sort of stage. So, Craig, which side of the equation do you lean towards when it comes to the actual definition of this Blue Jays team? And do you think that, you know, if you're going to leave, lean one way or the other, do you think these things will either be built upon or corrected towards the next season? Baby steps. Mm. Baby steps. This is a team that was literally founded and built on the fact that we are going to build our farm system. And guys, uh, looking at this roster, how many people that weren't homegrown are on this roster right now? It's kind um, of uh, it's like, many. what, 50-50 at minimum? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably closer to 75-25% homegrown versus brought in. Or, like we were saying a minute ago, this is at least guys that they went out and targeted. Yeah, Randall Gritchick's one of the guys they targeted, but <laughs> we need another Kevin Pillar, like we said on this show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And right now he's really, you know, other, you know, the three of them are uh, anchoring an outfield that we didn't really suspect two years ago either. Nobody thought Teoscar Hernandez was going to stick in the outfield because yeah. of his defense. Warris Gurriel Jr. was playing shortstop and second base and couldn't make the throw to first. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> We've seen him make plenty of guns to home, though. That's <laughs> true. That's true. So yeah. that was what the team was built on and founded on. And right now we got to the playoffs with really the only big piece we added to this equation was Yenjin Ryu and some throw in relievers next year. This is only going to be growing on that fact. We're going to get some more of these young guys up. The pipeline is completely jammed full of guys fighting for spots on this 25 man roster. And it sounds like management might actually be interested in throwing some money at it. That is right there. I think the big thing, right? And I, just, I can't believe that they're not going to throw money at it after they literally went after a few rentals at the trade deadline this year mm. and a throwaway season for a lot of people because it was only 60 games. I think that is the biggest telling of what the hell this management is actually thinking. They're close. What is the next piece that we can build on and push this thing right over the mountain? And I think they're getting close to that point of where they're trying to find that. And at a minimum this season, I think they found those spots where they have to improve and they are going to spend the money to figure it out or they're going to box in and I'll uh, do a crazy Alejandro Kirk thing all over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, in terms when you go back and look at this 60 game season, they definitely at least met expectations and maybe exceeded it by a little bit. Um, I think to, for me, they would have exceeded it even if they ended up getting swept if you had a little bit more competition from everybody that fell behind the Blue Jays, like I think we were expecting the Red Sox to be in it. I think we were expecting the Angels to be in it at the beginning of the season, or at least a little bit better, those teams behind them. I think it would have made it a little bit more impressive when you look at the whole picture. If they would have finished fifth, for example, or fourth or whatever, that, that's that's exceeding like crazy in my mind. Um, but going back to what you asked, Adam, over 162, when we were gearing up for spring training 1.0, I think we were all expecting, you know what, like, they were terrible last year. They lost 95 games. Um, get closer to 500. Even if you're 78 wins, 79 wins, 80 wins, you're right around that mark. That's progress. That's building forward. Because I think we were saying that next year, 2021, is that year. And it doesn't make much sense to me if you're going out and signing a guy like Hunjin Ryu to not keep on signing some more guys and adding to that. I do think that a full 162 will 
if it is 162, we still don't know if it will be. Uh, I hope it is. I really do. Um, but I think it'll be beneficial to them because you'll only have a few weeks or a month or so to start cutting bait with some of the veterans. Like, there's no way if Tanner Roark goes out there, he's probably going to open up as the fourth guy. Like, they have him under contract for $12 million. That's a lot to eat. Um, he'll open. He may not finish. Uh, he may go to the bullpen. He may get DFA'd. And there's other veterans on this roster that are just waiting to be supplanted by some younger guys. Like Travis Shaw seems like a bit of an odd fit on this roster. I was talking to Richard Burfer about this. They have a lot of good core pieces, but there's still a lot of veterans that can be replaced with more established talent. Like Rand, or like not Randall Gritchick. Travis Shaw is probably one of the prime examples Richard Burfer mentioned. When I was talking to him about like he doesn't really fit. He's just kind of added on there for whatever reason. Especially so, with a standout from Telez. you know, it's not he's not going to exactly. play first. Yeah, you would hope that somebody's going to you know Groshans is just waiting in the wings to play third base or not and spend some money. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we said this last week on our rapid reaction after they got swept is the core is there. It needs some reinforcements, uh, which it definitely does. And that's where I hope they spend. But I'm not expecting them to just, you know, the typical past seasons, like a Jaime Garcia type signing or somebody like that, where it's just like we're raising the floor. No, I want you to raise the ceiling. A yeah. little bit more. And oh, you're not feeling a Ted Lilly right now? No. <laughs> <Just saying. laughs> so, I'm yeah. sorry I went there. <laughs> 2020 was a success. It was. It was It was exciting. I think expectations for a full 162 in 2021 should be, I think it should be what we thought entering 2020. Maybe, maybe 500 or a little bit above 500 is now the expectation. Just be in it in September and maybe you'll surprise and get a wild card. Yeah, you can't, you can't go back. No, you can't you can't, especially with a young core, you can't go back. Um, but, you know, going back to the sort of dichotomy that I alluded to. I don't want to take anything away from this team because I'm on record on the show saying 2020 this season, albeit, you know, a disappointment in the playoffs. It's definitely one of my favorite seasons. It, it was really cool to, you know, we've been watching. It's like watching your children growing up. It's just you, you're able to see them do cooler shit. And you're whoa, that's kind of amazing, right? And when you see prospects sort of blossoming, uh, you know, especially Kevin Biggio, who is my man crush Monday, um, you know, <laughs> I you love seeing say. it. Yeah, yeah, I love seeing these these kids become superstars. I love seeing the, the whole process of it. And. I don't want to jump too much ahead. They're not there yet. None of them are superstars yet, but they definitely have the potential to reach superstardom. Yeah. I don't want to take anything away from that. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, all right, 162, you give that team full season uh, in the Rogers Center uh, with travel to the West Coast and yeah. you know, no restrictions, being able to party, do what you want. I'm not, I don't think they're making the playoffs. <laughs> you know, I just don't see it happening. But that's not to take anything away from the accomplishment. It's just a lot of things broke right. Like you're playing in a triple A field, right? And that kind of breaks right for you. And, you know, even though it took a while to get to that point, it, it does work to your advantage a little bit, given the fact that the the opposing team has to get ready in a fucking tent. Right? <laughs> so, Tell me um, how much fun it was watching the Yankees bitch. Oh, oh, it's even awesome. It was even great. Uh, Shapiro was having a field day with that. Yes. Field day. Yes. It's perfect. We, we called that. We called that as soon as the schedule was announced that they were going to play there. It's like, this is perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. You know, but if we're, if we're thinking about what team we're really looking at, I think it's a combination of both. I think it's a combination of what we saw in the postseason, sort of the undisciplined nature of this team at times, minus Danny Jansen, I guess, for the second game. And... <laughs> 
the regular season, how sort of blossoming in front of our eyes. I think when you combine those two things, I think you get uh, maybe a sub 500 team or a 500 team at best stretched out to a 162. And I think that's what we should sort of be looking towards for next season. I know you're, the pressure is on, and also we're going to get to this topic sooner rather than later, so we might as well just jump into it. Look, 2021, you ha- it's playoffs or bust now. This, it, the standard has been set. You can't just go back and say, well, you know, 60 games. <laughs> no, it, well, you have. The are hungry, too. So they're yes. Not gonna, they don't oh, want totally. that locker room to take the foot off the gas. We got no, this far. Let's keep it right. going. You know, are you confident, Brennan, we'll shift gears to you. Are you confident that, you know, Ross Atkins on record saying, look, we're, we're, we're not opposed to signing a high impact, was his term, free agent, or he said player. So it might be a trade or a free agent. He didn't necessarily specify a route. But do you regard this as lip service? Because we're sort of familiar with that when it comes to this front office. No disrespect to them, but how many times have we heard them say, when the time's right, well, you know, we have the resources to do it. Well, this is the time. So do you have faith that they're actually going to push the chips in? Maybe not all in, but at least be aggressive on that front? Or do you, you know, qualify that as lip service? What do you lean towards? No, I don't think it's lip service at all. I mean, we heard last year going into the offseason is that they wanted to make the starting rotation better uh, and at a high-end arm, and they did with Ryu. So they kept their promise on that end. Um, if they came away without Hunjin Ryu or didn't make a trade for a high starter, then I think we have, would have every reason to not trust anything they say. Like, they could have said, oh, we tried, but we didn't want to give him the fourth year. They did give him the fourth year. I'm pretty sure they wanted three, the front office, but to make sure they secured Ryu, they said, no, we'll give you the fourth year. Um, so they went above and beyond to make sure that they landed their guy. I do think that there will be a big trade this offseason. I really do. And I think it will be for somebody offensively. I don't think over a full 162, you can rely on the outfield we saw this year with Randall Grichik. You got to make sure Teoscar's breakout is real. There's a lot of data to support that word data to support that uh, the breakout was real from Teoscar. And, you know, Loris Gurriel, um, I know it was only 60 games, but we still haven't seen him healthy overall season. Like last He's in 2019. Yeah, he he was fantastic. He had a very good year. So, um, and then the infield too. You gotta, you definitely have to improve the bench. Uh, And third base is now a hole. Like they could bring back Travis Shaw. Ads moved over to first base, and you're probably not bringing him back there. You have a gap to fill between when Austin Martin or Jordan Groshans is ready to take over. So you need a solution at third base. I don't. I I think Shaw might be back. I do. I know he's under club arbitration. Yeah, exactly. So they do, they can bring him back uh, at a pretty decent price to hope that he lives up to his Brewers' expectations. There were some flashes of that this year. But at the same time, I do hope that they are something a little bit better, a little bit better than Chase Anderson and Tanner Roark. Maybe not to the level of 100 Ryu. Like, that's a big signing, but no reason why you can't go out and add a two uh, or a three. Uh, in between something around there. You can spend the money on that, shore up the rotation a little bit. So um, I do. I do think that they will in some way, whether it's free agent signing, trade, I do think that they're ready to push the chips in. And like you said, Adam and Craig, maybe not fully in, pretty damn close. Like we're, we're, we're in, like we're going for a World Series. I think their moves are aimed at making the playoffs again in mm. 2021. And you know what? Get another of a five-game series this time instead of just three. Um in a series, go deep into the playoffs, and a year after we're fully in. So uh, I do, I, I do believe in Ross Atkins. I think Blue Jays fans should too. 
I got to make this joke because it's just fitting in this conversation. Sure, yeah. Remember last year on the Blue Jays Twitter account said we got Cole and then it's and dot yes. dot after it. Yeah. You don't think that's going to be the level of service we're going to get? Yeah. <laughs> I, <hope laughs> I just couldn't help with that. It was just too funny. It was a perfect tweet. We sure. knew they weren't going to land Garrett Cole for the crazy right. years and money he wanted. They tried. So it, I, I, and I give them all the credit in the world that they actually tried. But I think I they put a 10-year on the table. I, that was a rumor. Just that yeah. 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 That was a legit offer one way or the other, but obviously the Yankees and their infinite right. pocketbook of yeah. uh, you know, crazy money uh, will take that. But guys, I don't know if you've looked at who the 2021 free agents are available at third base, but there's not a lot to write home for it's here. No. Uh, your highlight is Justin Turner. And I oh. don't think Justin Turner is going to line up any uh, scoreboards anytime soon. He's been too hurt the last few years. Yeah, there's one here that I thought was a little interesting, but he's a shortstop. Marcus Simeon. Well, I believe he's played some third base. There was uh, I saw a tweet. I think it was over the weekend that they apparently checked in on Simeon at the trade deadline. Oh, um, so yeah, he could be a ball player. He's only thirty. <laughs> so, you think if he's peaking and he's been looking pretty damn good in an athletics uniform, yeah. he would be willing to move to third base, or if there's some way we can shovel that around with uh, Kevin becoming. I don't think his carries at third base as well as it does at second, personally. He is a second. Man crush Monday period. aside. Yes. No, no, no. No, no, even that aside, just in terms of ability, he, your, your ceiling, speaking to what you were saying, Brendan, is higher when he's at second base. I do not, unless it's an emergency or an off day for someone else, He's a primary second baseman. Sorry, Craig, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I agree with you a billion times over. I'm glad you interrupted. I just had to make the joke about your Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. I didn't, wouldn't have gave you the intro into that comment. <laughs> <laughs> but there's not a lot to write home with here. So if they're going to be actually actively pursuing a uh, third baseman, guys, they are going to have to go after it with a trade. And in all reality, guys, we have not had this prospect depth and wealth in this, um, I don't even think ever, as a Blue Jay fan, period. No, at never. It. it wasn't even a few years I was watching Alejandro Kirk freaking destroy trees in the wilderness in Western Virginia. <laughs> batter's eye. <laughs> so, um, I just, there, there's just so much talent. How is there not any Major League Baseball team right now that would be willing to open up their, uh, you know, their portfolio of players and be like, look, just pick who you want. Give me these three guys. Yeah. I really would be shocked that you would, Maybe this is the Nolan Arenado talk from this last offseason happening. I don't know. If you're talking about impact player, there aren't many better impact players than Nolan Arenado. That's probably the crazy end of the scale. But there's probably a nice third baseman that we can find in the medium there and maybe not give up as much of what you would have to. And like Brendan was saying, push that ceiling way up and just have a solid defensive. What I would I would be head over heels in love if this man actually went after uh, Matt Chapman. And pulled a Josh Donaldson 2.0 all awesome. <laughs> And the Oakland A's looking for their infinite years of control like they always oh, are. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. would not shock me that they might actually be in the next year or two shopping somebody like Chapman. Is I believe he's got two more years on his contract. So I think so he's 27, 28, right? Something like that. But yeah. I think there is a trade out there that is going to shock this very similar to what the Josh Donaldson trade. I think it's going to be the crazy Joe Carter for, you know, Roberto Al with Joe, Roberto Almar for everybody, but there's something brewing here. And I think all the stars are aligning for the blue Jays to make that impactful player. 
come through trade rather than open up crazy amounts of free agent money. Door. I just don't see it for one year. Yeah, I can't see them doing that. Especially Unless that be okay. bold. That be bold. Where are you putting them? Let's I, at that point, I would would wonder if Bo Bichette's arm would carry at third base. I think so. It really would. <laughs> and there was, remember back in January, there was talks about Lindor and just the exploring it. And the rumors were that they did explore it or at least ask about what it would take. And they went to Bo and asked him about a position change. He opened to it. He's like, if you're bringing me Francisco Lindor, I will change positions for you. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather wait the year. Honestly, I I'd rather would... wait the year. Because if you're going to wait until 2022, you're not out of contention at that point. Assuming that you get in there in 2021, you should still have the tools to get there for 2022. And if you yeah. can add on an impact player like Lindor at that point as a free agent, so you don't have to give anything up necessarily, and you can utilize that capital to liquidate towards something else, i.e. the rotation, I think I'd rather go that route. Um, stay patient. But... You know, are you I, rather I, giving up a free a future draft pick or rather a prospect now is really what that would boil down to, I think. Yeah. Other than money. Because <laughs> if you're getting a rental Cisco Lindor, you're fucking going for it. Oh, 100%. you are you're not trying to make a wild card. You are trying to win the division. And I think that when right now being the race so young and the Yankees still so good, I don't know that twenty twenty one is when you're trying to go for the division. Right. Necessarily. So, I, I mean, I like the balls, but I don't think it's going to happen. I have one other question for both of you because this has yeah. happened a few times in recent memory. And for Blue Jays fans, this was in recent memory enough with Roy Halladay. Sure. That trade with the Phillies was contingent on the Phillies being able to sign Roy Halladay to an extension. Right. That was the only reason it happened because right. otherwise they didn't want to give up the prospect capital. Maybe there's something that this front, this front office strikes me as that sneaky good to be able to do something like that and be able to pull it off. I don't know if you guys for a free agent move like, you know, Lindor into that equation, but there's some other guys that are dancing on that edge of free agency out there in the market for 2022 that might take that deal. Especially given that there's a huge question mark because That's of the true. pandemic, you know? So if I'm Lindor and that, first of all, you know, Atkinson Shapiro, you have history yeah. with him. Um, yep. So you you if you want to be there or not, you you know absolutely who you're dealing with. That's a plus or a minus depending on if they. Long. I have no reason yeah, to believe dude, they did. Um, yeah. Uh, plus the that, Blue Jays trending up, I think, helps a lot of that equation. Period. Exactly. Totally. And he he could be the guy, right? And I do think Cleveland, although still good, they're sort of on the downward trend in comparison to the trajectory. That's not to say that next year they won't be in contention because we just said that division stock shit. But at the same time. <laughs> Uh, you know, you if you're with a young team like the Blue Jays, say they sign him to a five-year deal, you can accelerate with them. Um, yeah, on the same that's token, you, accelerate. That's breaking right through the damn floor. Right. No, <laughs> that's you're an right. offense that we don't have right now. And, and you it, don't know what the payroll is going to be. Yeah. Right. And so you say, hey, look, in 2022, things could be kind of messed up when it comes to payroll. So we're guaranteeing you a five-year. I don't know. What do you think it would take to get Lindor? 120. You're pushing that 30 ballpark a year. Yeah. It might, so 150? Yeah. 150, even 175. I wouldn't be surprised. So you wanna, yeah. All right. So you're you're paying for it at that point. You're paying for 175. And if you're putting him short, you're paying for 175 for five years. That is too low all over again. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. You know, so you're, you're definitely dealing with this <laughs> given the turf. Given the the location of everything, you're dealing with a shitty back end contract, but you're taking right. the risk. 
right? Because you're trusting on your prospect capital to sort of reinforce that, and you may be able to move him or something. I don't know. I'm just spitballing. Or maybe he comes to DH. I don't know. Throw the randomness out there with the Blue Jays' current pay structure. I'm loading the front end of that up like fuck. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. So maybe that's just – I really don't know how you don't do that. What What the biggest guy we got paid right now after we have too low off of the books finally is uh, – Richick probably. Yeah, no, or, it's uh, no, Gurriel because of his – Oh yeah, well yeah, outside of reunion. Guriel, yeah, Gur- right? No, no, I think it's great show because I think Guriel's only making eight mil. Yeah, he's, he's Guriel's a steal. More than that. Steal. No, he's oh, st- oh. yeah, it's it's eight million. I, he is not moving from this team. I don't want to move gotcha. topics. Yeah, but, no, I know. That's, that's why he's <laughs> so attacked even trade because of how cheap his deal is. Like, can't. I I I would why want to keep him, but it's just like man, if you could get Lindor like that's that's tempting and I know it's a big gamble but I, I rather get get him yeah. in the building get Lindor in the building and work with him on a contract extension or do what Craig said I do remember that now with Halliday uh, have it in you get to talk to him before that Cleveland you give him the right to talk to him on a contract extension or you trade trade him and if you can't come to a deal within a certain amount of days it trades off yeah yeah I just it's, it's interesting because I do think that this front office is going to be aggressive, and I hope that they are. But like I said, in 2021, you're pushing for a wild card at, at this point, right? And that's not to minimize anything of the importance when it comes to one. But let's be real. Look, this sort of extended or expanded rather postseason is a gift to the Blue Jays for the pandemic, right? You want to make it a little bit more exciting. You want to expand it to eight, you know. It was said by the commission that it, it might still have some sort of expansion, but he literally said might not benefit a team like the Blue Jays, right? So it, it will be a different sort of format. I don't necessarily know how this is going to be done, but you need to keep up, right? If you can make this sort of wild card with this roster, given that this might be a one-and-done scenario with this format of postseason— and next year it's going to be even more challenging, then you need to make your team better. And you have to grab by doing that because if you're trotting out what you have, again, I'm not minimizing the talent, but it's just not enough, right? And I'm telling you, if there's a minor league season next year, you're not seeing Groshans up in the in the majors. You're not seeing Marion up in the majors at all. And I have a feeling Nate here in the starting in AAA. I you do know, too. And even if there is a full season, I mean, no minor league season, and they do the taxi squad again, but it's a full you know, 162, I still don't think you see the Rokins, and I still don't think you see Austin Martin. So you have to rely on vets. You need to give Austin Martin some minor league experience. Yes. I, I don't, as much as I think he does have the hit tool, it's the defense and stuff for him that I really want to see more out. Because in all reality, guys, yeah, he played third base, but he really didn't have a home even no, playing in college. He played most of his games there. I think that's his best position. But <laughs> I need to see more. I don't see him running into this league and tearing it up like John Olrud did back in the early 90s. I just don't see it. I'd like to see it. <laughs> yeah, you hope to see it. Exactly. Well, uh, so look, it's, we, we can move into the final topic. But for me, you know, trade deadline or rather trade scenarios and free agent acquisitions are, are fun. I do think, though, given the, just how full this prospect uh, pool that we have, I think you're leaning more towards trades than signs. And given the uncertainty of the payroll and how the pandemic is going to sort of influence that, I still think you're looking at trades. Um, but let's get into our topic. Look, this is sort of uh, on the same page. You know, Brennan, you alluded to it. 
um, the the whole roster construction. Um, we got to look ahead to two, uh, 2021. So how would you adjust this roster moving forward, Craig? Who is a surefire hold for you besides the obvious Vladdy, Bo, and Man Crush Monday? Who, you, who do you regard on this team as perhaps dispensable? What areas of improvement do you think are necessary for the Blue Jays to be able to find themselves in a position to make a postseason run in 2021, regardless of the amount of games? We need one other starter. I don't even care if it's an equal level of Ryu, but I would love to see them spend some money on somebody to really anchor on after him. And if they somebody I think that could even slide in front of Ryu as the ace of the staff, I love Ryu as our ace, and I don't want anybody to take this as a bad comment, but he, he played incredible when he was the not the guy right. playing Kershaw in, in L.A., if he has somebody to take the spotlight and he can just do his thing, I think he will literally win us an ERA title next year. I really would not be shocked by that. He was that close this year, guys. If there were certain people named Garrett Cole and a few others in our division, he probably takes the cake on that. And he won it last year with the Dodgers. Right. I don't know who we get because I don't see the Blue Jays going after if Corey Kluber becomes available from Texas. I don't see him being the guy that fits this team. It's a little on the older side. Yes, the Cleveland connection is there, and that's why maybe it happens. That right. would be the catch, I think. But the other options, I would love to see him bring in Trevor Bauer because I just think the, 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 I, the way our locker room is shaping up right now, I just see him being the Josh Donaldson character that this, char- this clubhouse is missing right now. Somebody to just leave it all on the field and kind of get everybody else up to that like put-up-or-shut-up level. You know, like David Price used to say, well, play better. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I really think somebody like him would fit out really well. I don't see past those guys where you go from there because then the holdovers are like, okay, if you can't get anybody right now, pay Robbie Ray. I don't care. Bring him back. Pretty. And I think there's enough there that you might get something at his peak is close to what Ryu can do. I really think that how he was. I'm in full agreement with that. I it, like I think Taiwan Walker, when you go and look at the list of starters who are available, there's a case Walker is entering free agency. Probably is the second most attractive option to teams behind Trevor Bauer. Just given his age, his performance this past year, uh, I think he's only 28, 29. Yep. So he's young. He, look, you're not bringing back Marcus Stroman. Stroman's going to be up there. He's coming off of injury. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> don't, don't kill me, please. Um, there are interesting names for sure. Like you see, you go through, you see Tanaka, Juice Smiley, uh, Rick Porcello, like veteran. But yeah, no, I'm in full agreement. I would bring back Robbie Ray. And I think you could do it on a pretty decent deal for the team where maybe you do a one plus one kind of deal where you have that club option for the year after. You pay him better than Roark. I think maybe you go 113, 114. Uh, and then maybe if he's really good, give him incentive or give the club incentive to keep him. Uh, or it would work out for him. He gets a chance to enter the market next year if he pitches really well uh, and get a nice little payday. I think Walker won't be back. I really don't. We said this last week. Right. Uh, Bauer would be awesome. I know that there's some problems maybe clubhouse-wise or just who he is as a person politically, whatever. Uh, when he goes out there and throws a complete game shutout, I think we'll quickly shut up about that um, and enjoy it. So I do think both of those are off the table. But yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100%, Craig. Robbie Ray, his ceiling. Another full off season of Pete Walker working with him. 
he left the Blue Jays better than the way he came in. He was better. There's no doubt about that. The walks went down. The home runs did go down a little bit as well. Strikeout so, rate still crazy. Still crazy. <laughs> and that's hard to find. You can throw upper 90s with a breaking ball. It's upper 80s, maybe low 90s. So, um, Nice compliment yeah. to you, too. Totally. Totally. It's the opposite. Still lefty, yeah. but yeah. spectrum-wise. Yeah. Other than that, guys, I think the only thing that I would do maybe on the free agent market is a veteran catcher. I really think that was a spot that team could need. Look, if Caleb Jones was a little younger, even a little bit better of a player, I think you would have seen a hook to a veteran catcher much quickly uh, than keeping McGuire hanging around. Definitely got the coaching chops. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, He's going to be a manager one day. There's no doubt about that. But I don't know if you guys saw um, Atkins on October 2nd, so last week said that just in terms of some of the arms we saw this year out of the bullpen, Kay, Hatch, and Merriweather are going to resume and come back into camp for starting jobs. Uh, and Ryan Barucki is a reliever. And I think we Period. discussed... Yeah. yeah we okay. discussed I agree with that, but... Me too. Yeah. I know There's too many probably, other options to let him just carry over. It's totally. one thing if you need it, breaking case of emergency, right? Absolutely. And then you have a bullpen back end of Delise, Romano, Barucki. That's looking pretty nice to go into 2021 with, so... Yeah, I think that's it. Add a starter and um, and a backup catcher, and then figure the rest out. Maybe add your impact guy via trade, as we alluded to. Yeah, you know, obviously, besides the three that I mentioned, the core of this team, um, I'm looking around the diamond, and I'm thinking to myself, my first order of business um, is to give Hernandez some sort of extension. Um, yes. Whether it's buying out our beers, whether it's, you know, locking them up to make sure, yeah, whether it's it's something you got to reward him for this because if he's the real deal, it's sort of the same thing. I, I forget who touched on the last week. It might've been you, Brennan, but it's sort of the same situation of the Jose Tista. It was a gamble at the time. And yeah. it was, you know, in hindsight, that contract was super sweet given that he was able to provide for the blue Jays during that contract. Um, maybe they can persuade Tay Oscar to do sort of the same thing or something similar. So before I'm chasing free agents, before I'm, making trades or maybe at the same time of trades i'm looking at hernandez and say, okay we need to lock you up because Thanks. you know you're you're important um randall graychuk to me is dispensable um yep. travis shaw obviously you can take him back or you can't whatever um reese mcguire is dispensable if you can turn for anything do it um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly. I honestly um, think there's probably still going to be enough people looking for somebody like Reese McGuire that you'll be able to include him in a trade, and he might be the quasi-major league level player that you're trading. Yeah, yeah. I really it's, think that that would be, you know how these things are, you guys, they end up, it'll be like three prospects and a guy that's like right on the edge. Reese mm. McGuire right now can still go either way. I just don't think it's ever going to happen with the Blue Jays. I agree. I agree, especially given the fact that Kirk had such a showing. I don't anticipate him being up with the major league club next year, even if there is a, isn't a minor league se- uh, season. But at the same time, um, he's shown that. <laughs> yes, yes, he, he. I feel that he deserves it a little. He deserves the opportunity a little bit more than Reese McGuire, given the production that he gave. Could yeah. be a flash in the, pl- in the pan. Who knows? Um, but Worst case scenario, he's a heck of a DH at this point. <laughs> exactly. You know, you have Travis Shaw, who it doesn't. I, I agree with you and Rich what you were talking about, Brennan. About he doesn't really with the plan, and given the fact that DH is so log jammed, if you're going to bring Rowdy back, and why wouldn't you? Um, it's so log jammed that you know maybe there's no place for Shaw on this team, even with the veteran, you know, sort of leadership or 
dependence that this team might have, you could sort of do it without it now. But at the same token, if there's one player that I'm not opposed to selling high on, it's Rowdy. I'm not opposed to selling high on him because of the logjam at DH. Because if you want to think that if we're going to trade for a third baseman or we're going to try to acquire one during free agency, and the fact that Vladdy is you know still sort of learning the process at first base, he can sort of DH back and forth. And if you do keep Shaw at, at have him at that position, you might want to sell high on Rowdy Tellez. And I know that may be to the dismay of a lot of Blue Jays fans out there given the year, but again. 60 games. It's a small sample size in comparison. So I have 100 games, 102 games left over in that. Well, 100 because he did postseason. Yeah. 100 games after that, that you don't know which direction he's going to go. If you can get something of value for Rowdy Telez plus, I, I'm I'm in favor of doing so. I agree 100%. Out of the two, right. break, breakout guys, for sure. I think you're getting something for it. He better, if you're going to trade him right now with the fanfare he has, it's going to have to be for somebody on that impact trade level that we were talking about. And he will be the major league ready person that you're sending in that trade to whoever for whatever that big piece is. If I agree with your logjam there, and what do you do with it? Where does it go? I really don't know what you do with Travis Shaw at this point. I really don't. And we saw that in the playoffs. He was sitting on the bench most of the time. The two games yeah. he played the second game. But he yeah. got pinched. Yeah, he did play that. Because time, yeah. didn't he? I, I right. remember in the first game, I was thinking, why aren't you pinch hitting for Shaw right now? Yeah, yeah. Towards the end. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it, you know, that's if you maintain Shaw. If you keep Shaw, then I just don't see a place for Rowdy, unfortunately. And look, this may be a case where we are overvaluing the player in compared to how, in comparison to how he's viewed across the yeah. league. Like people across the league Aaron might, Sanchez. yeah, like <laughs> they might, they might view him as just another um, power hitter. And again, that's not conducive with how the game is being played. We're trying to look at fluidity when it comes to positions. He certainly doesn't provide that. But if you can sell high on him for a team that needs power hitting or has a hole at first baseman or an inadequate first baseman, um, I think Rowdy Teles can net you something not necessarily impactful. I don't think he's going to get you a starting pitcher. I don't think he's going to get you a, an impact outfielder. Maybe at best that's what happens. But I'm th- looking more at a quality reliever in exchange for Rafaelez, and you could do a lot worse. Very much so. Very All right, much. so you guys agree. <laughs> I have one question for you on the back sure. of the free agent talk real yeah. quick here. We were talking about who's available and whatnot. Are either of you buying low on James Paxton? He's been hurt this whole 60-game season, and there were some shoulder issues, if I What's recall. buying low? I don't know. <laughs> That's why I was trying to low. But uh, right now, you, you're, there might be an opportunity to, well, you, you get him for a year and get him up in Toronto again. You know, the only place he's thrown an out-hitter. Yeah. He's a weird one. That's why I was curious what you guys thought about it. Because he, like I said, was on top of his game with Seattle. Yeah. Decent year with the Yankees. Wasn't anything to go crazy about. He had some rough spots in there. And then uh, the injury bug. Right now he's a free agent in what should be a year where we are throwing the checkbook at somebody like James Paxton. I don't think there's going to be a lot of people lining up the door for somebody that didn't pitch any at all in 2020. I'd wait. I'd wait out the market to see if anybody bites. Because if someone's going to bite on him and try to snatch him up, I have a feeling it would be the Yankees just to have the familiarity factor in there. And I think we'd be able to definitely outbid anybody. And 
I think it would be an overpay to keep him if the Yankees were to do that. So if they're going to give him a, a year or two at, I don't know, 20 or 15, mm-hmm. I'm saying deuces, dude. Like, yeah. I, I'm not chasing you. But if the market doesn't favor him and we're heading closer and closer to spring training and we say, yo, one year five, I you could I don't hate it. Yeah, I'm down with that for sure. Yeah, it's a put up for shut up trade. trade. Yeah. And I was thinking about the same thing with the uh, – uh, shoot, who were we talking about a few minutes ago that needed to hurry up and get their gack together? And <laughs> I forget. Anyway, not on that power, trade, are you? No, uh, it was some, one of the free agent guys that we were talking about. I can't remember, but somebody That's that Ray. we could have signed. Who was that? Not Ray. It, oh, it might have been Ray on the incentive thing. You know, let's get him to that, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, investing yeah. in himself. Yeah. thing similar to what Dexter Fowler did a couple of years ago. Mm. Remember that year he had that he was just on fire after yeah. you know one year deal, you know, and then he got that giant deal from St. Louis. Yeah, those, yeah. those guys having the ability to play that well, but they're both in a position right now that the market probably isn't favoring them entirely. Right, they're gonna either you're, you're gonna get bid low on your talents or you're going to have to take one of these uh, years and just show that you are the ace that you were at one point and get paid the next year. I really think that at a minimum, Robbie Ray right now in shoemaker category, that's yeah. out of track. And then somebody like Paxton. Okay. I could understand a year with his talents at somewhere in the close to 10 ballpark just because of what he has done and where he was trending and i think that's probably what he'll intend to 12 ballpark but is he gonna want that for a five-year deal no he's gonna want it for a one maybe a two with extra incentives and it'll probably top out somewhere if he does come back to being a quote-unquote cy young contender saw in toronto right. repetitively <laughs> um but it would be i just think it would be a nice little thing to take that risk on him on a one or two year deal regardless of the money because right now you do have the money to spend knowing that you do have that crazy you know what he could be and somebody like paxton and ryu and then if you were able to throw the dime on ray that's a pretty nice rotation matched up with the guys that we were talking about Right here with the hatches, the K's, and obviously everybody else. And then maybe you even bring Shoemaker back. That's, yeah, that's right, if you don't get yeah. One too. of those two guys are going to be on that very, very incentive-laden contract because of the injuries and ups and downs stuff, right? So, that guys, that's a hell of a rotation that's completely different dynamic than what we dealt with this year. Insanely different than what was a year prior. So, that's a quick U-turn in your uh, rotation without going completely bonkers. And probably yeah. a little bit more realistic, but I, I'm right now with the way this team's trending, I'm throwing money at Trevor Bauer. I don't even care. <laughs> sure, yeah. I, I just, I also think that you need to uh, not throw money at Shoemaker, but I, I think he's a priority too. I thought um, Yeah, I, I think would... he fits the team too well. I yeah. really do. And he's that veteran presence that the younger guys been flocking around. You guys remember how it was last year when he got off that crazy? He was the one that got them all walking out of the bullpen to matter oh, yeah. who was yeah, doing yeah. the yeah. start all together. Stroman, Sanchez, and company all walking out at the same time. And it didn't matter whose start it was. The five of them were all together. And so he that's did the kind of leadership. Too. Yeah. 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 That was, I just – he. I think he's – um. I think he's done well enough that we can throw something at him as a reward. Like, look, you know, just kind of like what they did these two years. Just keep that contract going for one more year and see what you get. If he gets hurt again and then that's three strikes, I'm sorry to say you're out, Mr. Shoemaker. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> I would do a one in one sort of a one year and an option, a team option, yeah. just to say, you know, as you mentioned with about Fowler, yeah. um, Craig, just, you know, invest in yourself, prove it. And if you can, we'll reward you with another year. Um, but yeah, I, there, there's a lot of moving parts here. And I think, you know, the interesting one is the trade route. And I think that's what the Blue Jays are going to investigate the most in. But um, look, guys, that's all I got. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else that you want to say about the 2021 season. If so, look, the floor is yours. You let it out. Oh, well, sorry, the 2020 season, heading into the 2020 season. Sorry. <laughs> when you were on your manager rant earlier about the analytics and stuff, Adam, why didn't you bring Carlos Tosca into that freaking equation? <laughs> <laughs> the guy never played Oscar baseball, game. but no, That's don't worry true. about his analytics. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it popped into my mind after we were done with that conversation. I had nowhere to zing it in. I had to bring it back. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, I... I I think it's exciting. Obviously, getting it's it's not exciting to lose and moreover to get swept, but it is exciting to see. Okay, we're in a position where we should be able to start this consistent contender that they've been bragging about since 2016. So let's go. Um, look, when it comes to um, this show, when it comes to what we're doing moving forward, obviously you guys have more experience when it comes to how you like to format things. I know you were talking about position breaks now. And so why don't you guys explain to the listeners and to the viewers that are watching on Twitter, what they can expect moving forward, because you'd be informing me. as well. So <laughs> I believe for the next week here, I wanted to close the show out one last minute before, because there's baseball games going on right now sure. for the postseason. because show next week, I think we're going to go more general baseball blue Jays, aside i sure. think uh just before we start diving into our normal off-season content i think that's gonna be a fun thing to keep see where these predictions go for the next week see how some of these crazy story storylines are going to trend out for the but the bump does yeah. it pop who blows it up you know right now who's what's going on and all of us can't wait for the yankees or the astros to get kicked out i know that much sure. <laughs> but um adam you're the host who are you calling for the world matchup and who wins it dodgers race dodgers Dodgers, okay. Mr. Panikar? I think the Yankees will get there, and I actually would love if they beat the Rays pretty, because I just cannot stand Tampa. Like, I'm done with them. I really am. (laughs) Uh, I put out on Twitter a hypothetical question. If you could get rid of any team from the American League East, uh, who would it be? And I chose the Rays. Like, I'm good them. Wow. Uh, That's ballsy. The Blue Jays have been <laughs> he just more, wants the trap to be new. They've been more competitive with the Yankees and the Red Sox the last ah. five years than they have been with the Rays. The like, Rays are so the, hard to hate. They're their kryptonite. I cannot stand them. <laughs> like, it just, like guys like Randy and Rosarina are coming out of the ground just being like, oh, I'm actually a pretty good ball player, especially against the Blue Jays and all of that. So I, 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 I think the Yankees will get to the World Series. I have a feeling that they will. Nationally, is a little bit tougher. Um, I can see the Dodgers get in there. I like you know what? Just because 2020 is weird, go Padres, man. Like, they're the <laughs> easiest team to root for. Their fans on Twitter are fun. So Yankees, they Padres. are fun. They're Yankees, you... Padres, and Yankees might win the World Series. If that's the matchup. So that's what I'll do. Have you guys seen the bat flip comparison for Batista to Tatis yet? Yes. 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 I don't like it too similar. much, but it's a little weird. But uh, no, it was no. an imitation. <laughs> Yo, side note: Dark Horse, Oakland. Dark, Dark Horse. Horse. There's something sneaky about Oakland this year. Oakland. I will say that. Dark Horse, even more. Miami. They've never lost. <laughs> they have never lost the playoff series. They have That's never true. lost when they've made That's it the true. last two times. They've won the World Series. So best money on the Marlins. <laughs> so far, so good against the Cubbies yeah. too. So they still Absolutely. that that record still holds true. That's true. 
Guys, I don't know what it is about. I think the Braves are somehow going to pull a rabbit out of their ass with their uh, offense. I really do. I don't know what it is about them playing the Dodgers, I think, in this next round. But I just have some strange feeling that the Dodgers pitching is going to implode. I don't know why. (laughs) Okay. And then I'm hoping, as much as I don't want to say it, I want the Yankees and Astros matchup again. And I want the Yankees to make the Astros eat it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, and then I'm going to say Braves over Yankees. Ooh, okay. All right. Ball. I like it. I like it. That's sort of out of, not to use the pun, but it's sort of out of left field that I can, that seems like it could happen. So. I want to see Freddie Free get his uh, World Series race. He's the MVP, I dude. He's loosely I love watching Canadian. baseball. It's I love true. watching Freddie Freeman play baseball. I don't, Did he play for I, Team Canada for the yeah. WBC? Yeah. yeah. 17. He probably would have again if it was going on in 2021. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, at, so listeners and viewers at home, obviously you know that we are going to maintain the coverage here. It might not be directly Blue Jays related, but I'm sure it's going to bleed into the conversation as well. Uh, there is no offseason for us. So uh, we appreciate the participation. We appreciate the listen. We appreciate the viewership. And we appreciate your support. Moreover, if you're listening to this for the first time, we encourage you to subscribe on whatever podcatcher you're listening to us on. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, basically anywhere you get your podcast fixed from. And, of course, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please give us five stars and a quick review. You can find us on Twitter at BirdwatchingGC. We'd love to interact with you if you want to talk Blue Jays with us or baseball in general. We'd love to interact with you guys. Um, and, yeah, that's all I got. So, look, 2021, it's a big year. And it deserves a Let's Go Blue Jays, guys. So let's have it. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.